0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. The, um, the scripture that I have been going through each week is Romans 15, 13. And this has been my prayer for every single one of us, and it continues to be my prayer for you today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. That's the opposite of anxiety and depression, isn't it? And he says it's not gonna come from you being able to just get tougher, get better, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and muscle your way through it. He says, no, no, no. I'm going to do this. The God of hope is going to fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may not just sort of make it, not just eke through life, not just barely make it, not just keep your head above water most days, so that you may overflow with hope, not by my strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're headed. That's what I'm believing for for you today. And I'm telling you, church, it's happening. I wanna share one story with you today because I get, the creative team sends me a lot of these stories because many of you have been sending in messages talking about uh, what this book and this series has been doing in your life, and your family members' lives. I wanna encourage you, keep sending us your stories. You're putting... You're putting fire, you're putting gas on the fire here. And 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 every single one of your testimonies matters, and we're gonna do our best to share those with other people, and your story is gonna help somebody else's story, so keep sending us those stories. But I got this one about two days ago. Go ahead and put that slide up. We've been taking the content from the book and the series and posting videos on social media. Not me, it takes me an hour and a half to put together a post. Those with skills. This was a message I just got a couple days ago. Hi, I almost ended my life at school today. Then I was like, whoa, before I do it, let me disable my socials. For those of you over 45, (laughs) that means I have a bunch of social media accounts. I'm gonna turn them all off. I better disable my socials. Came on TikTok and this vid just popped up. I cried a lot and instantly dropped the razor blade. Got on my knees and prayed. Can't believe I'm still, still here. Thank you so much for saving 16-year-old me. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you're struggling today, I want you to know this kind of turnaround is possible for you. Don't you dare give up. I know what it's like to, to be in, in such a funk with anxiety and depression and hopelessness that, that you can't even imagine a better future for yourself. I remember being on a walk one day with my mom. This was before she passed away, and I was having a bunch of panic attacks, and she kept telling me God was gonna get involved and God was gonna help and something was gonna change, and I remember telling her, Mom, I can't even imagine my life being better. I can't even see it. I literally have no hope, and I bet some of you know what that feels like. Some of you have loved ones right now, and you know what that feels like. We're gonna speak to that today. Don't you dare give up. Another verse that's been real important in this series has been Galatians 5.1. It says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, and then it gives us some instructions, and we've talked about this. Stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, and we started out this series by saying, uh, that verse is talking about two different levels of freedom. It says, you've been set free eternally, but it's, it's for freedom in the here and now also that you've been set free eternally. So stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened with some certain things anymore. And so I want to I remind you what I talked to you about a couple weeks ago, that every single one of us, we've been hardwired by God with a fighter spirit within us. And this series is sort of challenging us to tap into that inner fighter spirit. We're not going to attack anxiety on our own, but through the power of the Holy Spirit but something on the inside of us needs to go. I'm at least willing to go to the battlefield with dad and let him go to work, right? Stand firm. In fact, the the title of today's message is It's Time to Stand Firm. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's time to stand firm. When I first started really digging into that verse and trying to apply it to my life and my own battles with anxiety, I remember the first question I started asking was, sounds good, of course I wanna stand firm. Of course I want the freedom that comes from standing firm. My question was, stand on what? I mean, I don't wanna just do this church and not know what to do on Wednesday when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm having a panic attack, when I'm dealing with depression. Stand on what? I'm glad you asked. That's what we're gonna talk about today. If you have a Bible, flip open to Joshua chapter one. If you have a phone, hit some buttons and scroll to Joshua chapter one. God's gonna tell Joshua the same thing that Paul told his friends in, in Galatia. I'm gonna do something crazy in your life, but you're gonna have to go stand if you wanna see it. You're gonna have to go stand. But God's actually going to, in this passage, tell Joshua and the Israelites what it is they're standing on. And at the end of this talk, we're going to talk about how to actually do that. So there's not going to be any of this, like, just good theory today. We're going to talk about what to stand on and what it looks like to actually start doing it. After the death of Moses, we're starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. All right, let me me stop right there for a second and give you some context. Moses, so we're going to back way up. The whole nation of Israel is, uh, they're, they're slaves in Egypt for around 400 years. Moses goes to to Pharaoh's, let my people go. You've seen the movie probably. And he says no a bunch of times, and the 10 plagues, and then he finally gives in, and he lets them go, and as they're leaving, they come up onto the Red Sea. Pharaoh changes his mind, says, no, 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 we can't let them go. Sends all his armies and chariots and horses and the whole deal, go get them. God says, go, go, go stand right at the front of the Red Sea and God does this crazy miracle and literally they stand there and the waters go and they walk across on dry ground and, and here comes Pharaoh's uh, troops and they come try to walk across on dry ground and God closes the sea back up and now the nation of Israel is on the other side of the sea free from the Egyptians and they're on their way to what God called the promised land. Now they wander in this area for 40 years trying to get to the promised land. But that's the hope. God's got something, going to the promised land. Moses dies. That was how this first started. If you read the last chapter of the previous book, what you, what you see is when Moses died, Joshua and the entire nation of Israel, they go into a whole season of mourning, a month. For a month, they are crying and weeping and mourning and sad and the whole thing. Now, I was trying to picture this as I'm reading it this week. I'm like, if, if that's me, if I've been crying and weeping and mourning and for a month, and you go, hey, bro, how you doing? I'm probably going to say something like, if I'm honest, I'm going to tell you, man, I've just been really depressed. I've been really sad. I've been really down. I've been really struggling. And if it's been going on for a month, like, bro, I'm on, I hit bottom. I'm, an, I'm in a funk for a month. That's where Joshua is when God comes and starts talking to him. The reason I wanna point that out to you is I think it's so important to understand that God's not afraid of your mess. He understands anxiety is real. He understands depression is real. He understands hopelessness is real. He understands going through really hard, difficult struggle times in life is real, and it doesn't disqualify from him wanting to be with you. It doesn't disqualify you. In fact, he says, no, that's when I most wanna be with you, and I got a message for you today. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, then, you... And all these people get ready. I couldn't help but think that's what God wanted me to say to some of you today. Now you get ready. You're not too far gone. Your anxiety isn't something that God can't overcome. Your depression isn't something that God can't overcome. The situation you're facing in life right now isn't something that God can't overcome. He's looking at you today. He's going, now you get ready because I got something new for you. I want you to get that in your spirit. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. All right, flip over to chapter two. We're gonna start in verse two. As I'm reading this, I want you to see what God is doing as he's giving Joshua some instructions because what we're gonna find out is he's actually showing him what to stand on because he's about to tell him to go stand. All right, you ready? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. You don't go to chapter two. We're reading the exact same chapter. I messed up in my notes. Flip back to one and ignore me. Starting in verse two, we'll reread it. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Notice what he's doing there. He's making him a promise. I've got something new for you, and everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give you as a promise. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. Everything he just described is on the other side of the river. That's the second promise. You're not going to be stuck here. You're going to get to the other side of this. Oh, it's going to be a battle, and you're going to have to do some standing, but you're going to get to the other side of this. I I want you to let God speak to you today. Yes, you're in a battle. Yes, it's real. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, it hurts. You're not going to be stuck here. You're going to get to the other side. I got something for you on the other side. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. It's another promise. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Because I'm giving you these promises, and because I promise I'm going with you, be strong and courageous, because you, Joshua, even though you feel like you've never been worse off, I got a plan and a call on your life, you're now going to be a leader. I keep losing my place, because I keep coming up here and doing this. (laughs) Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And then skip down to verse nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. <clears throat> Excuse me. He gives him a list of promises. And then he's gonna tell him to go stand. And he's gonna tell him to go stand in a situation that feels impossible. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Got something on my throat. All right, now you can actually turn over to Joshua 3. Joshua 3, 8. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, here it is, go and stand in the river, which is crazy because as we're gonna see, the river is at what they call flood season, which means you can't cross it. You can't take a nation of people through it. It's too dangerous. Too many people will die. Too many supplies will be lost. Everything will be ruined. You can't do it. It's impossible. He like, go step into a situation that will overwhelm your emotions, and when you get there, go stand. All right. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Picture it. Now, the Jordan's at flood stage all during the harvest. The the, the writer here is saying, can't be done. This is impossible. Yet, but God, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. All right, if you've grown up in church, if you've heard the story of the Red Sea too many times, we get an inaccurate picture of what just happened here. Because this miracle, although sort of similar to the crossing of the Red Sea, didn't unfold in the same way. Remember when, when they crossed the Red Sea, they went up there, their feet touched the edge of the water, and whoosh, God did a miracle right in front of their eyes, and they walked across. If you read this one too fast, that's how you picture this happening. That's not how this happened. They walked up, got into the flood waters. God did a miracle, but he did a miracle a great distance away. Theologians have all kinds of conversations. Was this hundreds and hundreds of miles away? Was this 30 to 40 miles away? All we know is it was a great distance away, which means way upstream, God did a miracle and he supernaturally dammed the river and it stopped flowing here. But that means all the water from here to there is still going like this. And depending on how far away, it could be hours and hours and hours and hours, and who knows? So here's what you got you to start to see. When these guys were told to go stand in the flood, God did a miracle. He put a miracle in motion that was going to change the rest of their life. But you know what they saw when they were standing in the flood? Nothing. A miracle was on the way. The only way they were going to see it is if they were willing to stand. Because what it felt like to them was, God called me. God chose me. Anxiety's rising, though. Depression's on the rise. Hopelessness is all I can feel. I'm in a situation that's overwhelming my emotions. I'm scared to death. I'm scared for my loved ones. Nothing makes sense. God, do a miracle. And you know what they felt? Nothing. Their lives were about to change. But they were going to have to stand to see it. And I'm telling you, I've lived this stuff with anxiety and depression. I know what it's like to pray those prayers. God, I'm hurting so bad. Would you help me right now? And then you say amen, and you know what you feel? Nothing sometimes, right? Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes you feel nothing. I thought you were with me. I thought you cared. I thought you see me, God. Where'd you go? Just gotta stand. That's what they had to do. What did they have to stand on when they felt like nothing was happening? Well, I gave you the cheat code as we were reading it. God said, I'm giving you two things to stand on because it's gonna be tough. I want you to stand on this. The fact that I'm with you and the fact that I made some promises to you and you cling to those things for dear life and you go stand and that's all you need. I'm with you. Remember the promises I gave you. Cling to them for dear life. Hold on to them and stand. Picture them in the flood. God's going to do a miracle. God talked to Joshua. Joshua talked to us. We got this. Go get them, God. Nothing. Waters are rising. Fear is rising. Anxiety is rising. I don't see anything. All I got to hold on to is God said he'd be with me, and God made me some promises. God said he'd be with me, and God made me some promises. God said he'd be with me, and he gave me some promises, and I'm going to cling on to these things for dear life until I see the miracle get to me. God says, I'll be with you, and that's enough. And I was sitting in my office thinking about it this week. When I tell my boys, I'll be with you, I can't always promise them that's enough because I'm not what God is. I started writing down what God is and why when he says I'm with you, it actually changes everything. Go ahead and put that slide up. The God who says he's with you in your struggle right now, he says a word and galaxies are created. You think he can't take care of your anxiety? You think he can't do a miracle in your situation? You think he can't turn around a diagnosis? Come on. You think he can't heal that depression? He speaks and creates galaxies and planets and mountains and oceans with a word. With a word, he heals diseases, he heals the blind, he raises the dead. He's all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful. Nothing is impossible for our God. That God says, I see you. I know what you're going through. I'm going with you. Don't you forget it. And he says it over and over all throughout his word just so we would get it. Go ahead and put those four verses up. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to let the creator of the universe speak to you because you've actually been saying things like this lately. God, if you're with me, show me. God, if you care, show me. God, if you're listening, give me a sign. This is your sign. This is the answer to that prayer. I was driving here today and God said, you tell my kids that I heard their prayers and I'm paying attention and I'm not going anywhere and I'm with them. Tell them I'm a father to the fatherless. You may have the best parents in the world. You may be missing parents today. God says, I got you, son. I got you, daughter. I'll stick closer than a brother. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I can do all things in and through you. There's nothing we can't get through together. I know you feel like you're in a flood and you can't see that I'm working. So hold on to the fact that I'm with you. Never forget. Remember God's with you. God says to Joshua... Remember the promises that I gave you. I picture them being, being in, the, uh, in, in, in the floodwaters, and they're looking around. And they're 100% questioning Joshua's judgment and whether or not God's really gonna use Joshua. And I sure wish Moses was still here because none of this happened when Moses was still here. And this new leader, I don't know what his problem is, but this might cost some people some lives. This might cost some of my family some lives. What do we got to hold on to? God said he'd go with us. And guys, don't you dare step out of this flood. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Hold on to some promises. Remember what he promised us? He said we weren't stuck here. He said we were gonna get to the other side. He said we were gonna get the promised land. He said where we put our foot, he would give us. He said he would go with us. He said there's a future in store on the other side of this storm. I got to just hold on to that. He's going with me and some promises that he gave me. In Red Rocks Church, he's given us some promises. He's given you some promises and I want you to be aware of them today. I want you to hold on to them today. We're gonna to put some promises up on this screen and the ones that you feel like resonate with you, take a screenshot. Whatever device you're watching on, take a screenshot. And start repeating these things. Start praying these things. Because you're, you're standing in some floods right now. Some of you are standing in the middle of some really hard stuff right now and you need to be reminding yourself nonstop. I take these verses and I put them on my phone as my screensaver so that I remember every time I look at my phone, he's with me and he gave me some promises. Let's go, put those up. And we know that in all things... Work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. This promise right here says, even in your anxiety on the days when you feel like I'm not working, I promise you I'm working. Even in the middle of your depression and hopelessness, when you feel like I'm not doing anything, I promise I'm doing anything. I'm working in all things. You might not be able to see it, you might not be able to feel it, but I promise you I'm working. I promise you I got some things in the works that are going to change your life. Don't you dare give up. Just stand for a minute, son. Stand for a minute, daughter. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He says, you're going to get to the other side of this. I have a plan. I have a future, and it's full of hope. I know right now it feels impossible. I know right now it feels dark. I know right now it feels hopeless. I'm telling you, I got a future in store for you, child. I got a future in, in store for you, and it is full of hope. So don't you dare give up. You stand on that for a minute. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I got some promises for you, and I'm not going anywhere. Next. Next. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you, against your enemies, to give you the victory. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, I'm going to do things that are beyond your imagination right now. I'm going to do things that you can't even hope for right now, because your emotions feel so tired and so exhausted, you don't even feel like you have the inner strength to dream of a better life. That's okay. In all things I'm working, I got a plan, and I'll do things that you don't even have the strength to dream about right now in your life. Just keep standing and hold on to those two things. I'm with you and I got a promise for you. About, it was about four years ago ish, <clears throat> my son Ethan went on a uh, missions trip to Africa. And he came back, <clears throat> excuse me, he came back and he was fine for a couple weeks and then started showing some weird symptoms. And if you were a part of the church back then, you've heard part of this story. I was taking Ashton to football practice. Jill was with Ethan, and she called me, and she's like, babe, he looks, he looks kind of yellow or something. Like, I think I should take him to the doctor. My standard answer is, he'll be fine. However, I had recently done that with Ashton, and I'm like, you're a font and quit being a wuss <clears throat> and for like a week, and it turns out he had a broken foot. And so I wasn't gonna be that guy again. <clears throat> so I was like, yeah, babe, take him to the hospital. That's what a good dad would do. So I call her when she's at the hospital, and she's like, oh, they're getting ready to let him go. They checked him out. Everything seems to be fine. I think we'll, uh... and in the middle of that sentence, I start hearing total Pandemonium and chaos in the background. And Jill's voice changes. She's like, Wait, what? What what is happening? I hear beeps and and, and I hear voices, and you can just hear hustle and bustle. And I hear Jill going, Wait, what? What? What's happening? What's happening? Ethan, Ethan, what? I see you. What? Then she starts crying. She says, Sean, I think you need to get here now. I got Ashton to ride home. I speed off to the hospital. I get to the hospital. Ethan went into something called septic shock, which kills people. And then he went into, um, I can't think of the term, cardiac arrest. He went into cardiac arrest multiple times. They put him in the ICU. They, they put these IVs in both arms, <clears throat> and they had multiple Ports coming out of each one because he had so many IV bags going into his body trying to figure out what was going on. His organs were starting to shut down. Uh, they couldn't diagnose it. About every two hours, the infectious disease team would come in the room and they would ask us every question. Where did he go? What did he eat? Who was he with? Did he, did he, did he, did he visit another town that you don't know about? What, what, what bugs are in this town? <clears throat> Excuse me. They're just trying to figure it out and They're they're trying to, and they're, they're, they're telling us Something is killing your son, and we can't figure it out. And after about, I don't know, three or four days, um, we wanted to kind of let the church know what was going on, and so Jill took a picture and, and posted it, and this is the picture she posted. I didn't know what to do. I was wrecked. And I know that some of you have children that have All kinds of illnesses and issues, and my heart absolutely breaks for you. I'm not the all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful dad. I'm just me. But what I knew is visiting hours don't apply. Nurses would come in and go, you could go, you could go, you should go, won't you go home? And I would give them a look that would say, don't come near me. See, my son's hurting. I'm not going anywhere. You can't drag me out of here. And I remember, I remember being on my knees, and I would just repeat this phrase, God, heal my son. God, heal my son. God, heal my son. God, heal my son. And then I would say, Ethan, I love you. Ethan, I love you. When that picture was taken, he was asleep, which was a good thing for him at the time. So He didn't even know I was there. <clears throat> He couldn't see me. He couldn't feel me. And I was thinking about that this week, and I thought, I think God wants some of you to know right now. Just because you can't see me, and just because you can't always feel me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm right here with you. I'll carry you through this. Don't you dare give up. Stand on the fact that I am your heavenly father, and I'm going with you. It makes a difference. We can stand on that. I think if we talked to Joshua today, he'd say, there were three big lessons I took away from this river crossing. I had to remember that God was with me. I think he'd say, Red Rocks, you're going to have struggles. There's going to be anxieties in life and depression and sad times and struggles. Remember that God is with you. Remember what God promised you. And then let's take what Doug talked about last week and let's put it in this thing and remember what God's already brought you through. Remember that God's with you. What do I stand on? I'm supposed to stand on something. I'm supposed to not give up. Sean says I got an inner fighter spirit. What do I do? What do I hold on to? What do I stand on? The fact that God is with you, that God has promised you some things and the fact that he's already brought you through a whole lot of things. Steal faith from some of those past experiences and apply them to today's situation. Steal some victories from the past to bring some peace today. He's going with me. He's made me some promises and he got me through that. He's gonna get me through this. I'm gonna stand on that. I remember talking to God about this very thing. When Ethan was in the hospital, I actually was preaching on this passage. And I kept reading that verse to the church. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Right? And I'm like, God, I, I feel like, I'm, I, feel like I, I understand. You're with me. You made some promises. You've got me through stuff in the past. As soon as this situation passes, I'll have some peace. Peace. He's like, no, 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 you're missing the whole point. I don't want you to wait till the situation passes until you have peace. These are what you hold on to in the middle of the storm. Understand he's teaching Joshua this before he gets into the promised land and has to go fight 31 battles. Because here's what he understands. Joshua, if the only time you have peace And confidence in your life is when you're not in a battle, you're never gonna have it. Because life is a string of battles. When's the last time somebody asked you how you're doing and you went, I'm freaking amazing. There is nothing going wrong in my life. I couldn't think of anything to be stressed out about. Life is a string of battles, isn't it? God's like, I don't want you to have peace just in between the battles. I want you to stand up in the middle of the battle. And I want you to stand on these things. Remember what I promised you. Remember I'm going with you. Remember what I brought you through. Cling to those things. So I feel like God was doing this work in me. And then this thing happened with Ethan. And then I asked the ultimate question for me was, not what do I stand on? How do I stand on it? because I don't have the strength. I feel really weak. I'm preaching to the church a verse that says, don't be afraid, I've never felt more afraid. Ethan's in the hospital. Go ahead and put that picture up. This is about five days into the ICU. Multiple organs are starting to shut down. They would run in in the middle of the night at times and go, I think we need to take this organ out. I think we need to do this. We don't know this, this. We can't figure it out. He's asleep, and I go out in the hallway. I think I was going to the bathroom. And one of the doctors, you know, we've been in the hospital now so long, at this point, we know everybody. One of the doctors says, hey, Sean, um, I need to talk to you. And he starts telling me that we just simply can't figure out what's killing your son. And here's the percentage. If we don't find it by this time, here's the percentage that he will live. If we don't find it by this time, here's the percentage. And my emotions, like I couldn't contain them. I started gushing and uh, trying to process. It's, It's the middle of the night. My son's asleep. I'm not gonna leave the hospital. But I also might start crying really loudly. And I don't want to wake him up. So I'm going to go down to the lobby for a minute. I'm walking around the lobby. I can tell people are looking at me like I might be a threat. So I go out to the parking lot. I'm not leaving this premises, but I'll walk in the parking lot for a minute. And I remember asking God that question. God, I know what I'm supposed to stand on. I know, I know you're with me. And I know you've made me some promises and I know you brought me through some stuff. How do I stand on a verse that says, don't be afraid when I've never felt more afraid? And he gave me this, like just dropped a phrase in my head and I, I remember it clear as day. And I know it wasn't for me because I never would have thought of it. I mean, in an instant, I had this phrase in my, in my mind. He said, Sean, you put your foot down and you put your hands up. I knew exactly what he was telling me. Don't wait till the storm's over to get all the benefits of worship. You put your foot down on those promises I gave you. No weapon formed against you is gonna prosper. Greater is he who is within you than he that is in the world. I do have a hope and a plan and a future. I do have a calling on you. I have a calling on your son. I have a hope and a future for your son. You put your foot down on those promises and you put your hands up in the middle of this storm and you let me be dad for a minute and let me comfort you and let me bring you some peace because you're not gonna throw in the towel. You're gonna stand for a minute because a miracle's on the way. Stand up with me if you would at all locations finish that story another day but the end of the story is God did a miracle didn't owe us that but he did and my son is healthy and great today but what I know is sometimes we face things and we go yeah that's good for you but I don't know about me I don't know about my child I don't know about my situation I don't know about my anxiety I don't know about my depression I don't know, I get it I'm in it right now as well. What I know is the God of hope wants to give you peace and joy through the power of his Holy Spirit. And he doesn't want you to have to wait till you're not in a battle to receive it. So he says, I want you to experience that freedom now, even when you're in a battle. So in the middle of a battle, in the middle of your worst anxiety, I want you to stand on a couple promises and put your hands in the air and let me be God. And you hold on and you stand firm because I got some things coming in life that are gonna blow you away. And freedom and peace and joy and confidence is on the way in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you have a plan for every single one of us. God, every single one of us knows what it's like to struggle. Every single one of us knows what it's like to deal with tough things. I pray right now for a supernatural peace, a peace that you promised us in Philippians 4, a peace that passes all understanding. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed and nobody looking around, I wanna ask two questions today. If you're watching online, you respond online. The first one is this. I'm just, I'm going through some stuff. Or I got a loved one who's going through some stuff and that means I'm going through some stuff. And what I need to do today, and I just know it, I need to stand on his promises, lean into his presence. I need his supernatural peace and comfort in our lives right now. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm just gonna say a prayer for you. We're gonna experience some life changing here today. The second question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. And this freedom and this peace and this joy and this hope that Jesus says comes when you put your faith in me. You're like, I need that. I need to start there. I wanna ask God to forgive me of my sins today and be the Lord of my life. I'm not gonna be perfect. I don't know how this is gonna work out, but I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I want him in my life. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want heaven forever. If that's you right now, raise your hand, and we're gonna pray together for you. Oh, come on, raise him up all over. God behind bars, raise him up. Texas, Belgium, Denver, online. Let's go, let's respond. God, I thank you that you are changing lives and eternities literally around the world right now. We thank you for what your son did. We thank you that he died on that cross to pay the price for our sins so that we could receive eternal salvation today, that your spirit could begin to live inside of us today. And we thank you for that. And I pray every person who just made that decision would begin to feel your presence in such a real and authentic way right now as we worship. And God, I pray as we begin to worship you, that those of us who are like, man, I'm going through some stuff right now, I pray that as we worship, weights would come off our shoulders. That as we worship and we step into your presence, we just feel that peace peace that doesn't make sense. I shouldn't have peace right now, but I do. I shouldn't feel free right now, but I do. I shouldn't have confidence right now, but I do because of what Jesus has done and because his spirit is in me. Yes, I can. And I pray for that freedom to just come upon us right now as we begin to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship.